0: There is a Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Stranger Things game that they made. Really, I didn't read that until today. Yeah, Ooh. they they have published a game. We, I can't believe I haven't got your brother that for.
1: I know. Um,
0: for a gift or something. That's crazy. You,
1: you really well. dropped the ball on that one. <laughs>
0: You know, I never played strange, uh, strange. I never played Dungeons and Dragons until I last summer on the RV trip, and I fell asleep. I was just really tired, and uh, <laughs> they fell asleep. So of course, you know, like Rob was like, oh, yes, yeah. he fell asleep." And I was like, oh, "Well, I was just you really know."
1: Tired. When we were kids and Dungeons and Dragons was a thing in the 80s it was like you shouldn't play Dungeons and Dragons because it was somehow bad like there were like rumors about people who got like too into their characters and and it was kind of crazy so I was always like wary of it as a kid but yeah. I think it sounds really cool actually
0: yeah I, yeah there was especially in the ages was like uh, there's there's a the devil in here somewhere and now it's like no it just means you're gonna have a, a really good career and be really nerdy and that's exactly. okay. In, in a good way when you're 40. Yeah, that's right. all that means. Because I, I think we'd go back like your brother's like, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons kind of yeah, worked out. Sure. I don't worship the devil and i no, some well-adjusted no, human no. beings.
2: Yeah, I went down a uh, rabbit hole trying to doing a little uh, background research. Oh, yeah, I can't wait to hear all that. Website about, about MKUltra and what? how Stranger Things is, it's, it's weird. I mean, I yeah. had to read the whole thing. It was long.
0: <laughs> You'll have to. You have to speak to it a little bit. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff out there because it's so... Everyone watches this. It yeah. is unbelievable what a runaway success it is. Yeah. It's incredible.
1: And, and when you say everybody, it's really like everybody. I mean, there's like all yeah. ages, like kids to old people. Everybody's watching it. It's so good.
0: Not every time period necessarily could you do a story about it and it would be easily identifiable when it was. And the 80s had that going for, because it was a really weird, awesome decade for stuff in pop culture, it really music, was great. and fashion, and haircuts, and stuff like that. It's incredible.
2: Yeah, it was, it, like, you couldn't do this with the 90s. It would be lame.
0: I mean, you could, and maybe yeah. in 10 years, they will. But... You no, know, um,
2: the, 80s, the 80s was, like, all of... They, there's <clears> so many original things in movies in the 80s, and in the 90s, there was some, but it started to get, like, rehashing, and then... Now it's like, if it's not a sequel or based on a movie, it almost doesn't get made.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the theaters, that's all they can get people drawn to, is to some big box thing that's been that's familiar. You know, a sequel or a prequel or something in a series. I mean, it's really hard to get something in theaters now that isn't familiar. Because I think a lot of people, younger people... Um, or the more casual moviegoer they just want to see something, be entertained by something familiar and that's not good but that's where we're at. Everything else people (laughs) are watching on their really big screen at home.
2: The ironic thing though, I think is that the streaming services are really the ones that are taking chances in doing original stuff.
3: (laughs) Yeah,
0: because they've got the money to do it and they know they know the day's coming where all these well-funded brands that we know of, they know that they're going to be
1: doing the same um, thing
0: doing the same thing yeah. but maybe more often so they're trying to come up with original content that will be like no well I have to keep netflix because it's stranger things Exactly we can never get smart. rid of
1: netflix now not ever No
0: you can't they have they have uh, embedded themselves and they're kind of the front runner of this because I think f- even 3 years ago I was like man they're giving dave Chappelle 60 million dollars to do three stand up specials but it's like oh now you make that identifiable in the dumb Adam Sandler movies they gave him the same deal and then obviously all this content, and then they've they threw out a lot of little uh, nets for, and then they came back with Stranger Things. How many little projects like this did they fund? And they were trying to hit something where it's just undeniably like a pop culture hit, and you have to get uh, you have to have Netflix to see it, and um, that was brilliant. And that that in the, their algorithms and stuff where they basically create content for people. Based on what you've done, uh, they're kind of the head of the class. They're they're the forerunner of all this. It's really really interesting. So, you see Disney and everybody and all the networks kind of getting in on, on the back end now, but they're just following that Netflix script. And if Netflix had been like, oh, that's so cool, because they started. I mean, I remember we all remember Netflix, that they just sent me DVDs of Lost.
1: Yes! You know, like, you know, (laughs) that was 10 years ago. We did that for
0: a Of course! And I was like, well, I guess I'll watch all of Sopranos now, and they'll send them to me three at a time. And so, this season, where the original thing, they just kind of went with the times, and uh, they made some, took some bold chances. And uh, if they hadn't, they just would have been, remember that time when we had Netflix, you know, in between (laughs) Blockbuster and uh, Hulu, when we had that weird Netflix, and they would just send us the but uh, kudos to them; it's really interesting. They nailed it. Nailed it. There's some excellent content on Amazon too, and of course, like you mentioned, mm. they produ- they're producing good movies. Uh, one of my favorite movies of the last few years, Manchester by the Sea, uh, was uh, really di- distributed by Amazon. had a, had a run in theater, but it's an Amazon movie. And The Big Sick, and so I feel like they mm-hmm. give people kind of do the movie, the movie or project the way they want to do it. Like a British television is on Amazon.
1: Funny that right. you say that because. Jacob and I have talked about how Stranger Things is the perfect link. Yep. you yep. know how I other agree. shows will go on for like 20 episodes, and there's all these fluffy filler episodes, yeah. and you're like, just get on with the story. It, yeah. you know, yeah. I've, I've been rewatching Veronica Mars, and I'm like, uh-huh. holy cow, just get to the, you know, like the overall story. The, you know, it,
0: right, yeah, we get on watching.
1: with it. Yeah, like we I, I don't.
0: Re-watching it. That's the beauty of Netflix too, because they've said, "Well, just do whatever you do, because we don't care how really how much they watch it; they'll watch something else." And uh, but the networks are like, "Nope, twenty-two episodes, and she's got to take a vacation to Hawaii or something, because we got to get twenty-two episodes. Yeah, we got to get commercials and all that." And yeah, uh, Yeah.
1: so I I I think the the eight to nine episodes is like perfect because they're all jam packed
0: oh yeah i mean
1: they're They're, all everything's essential yes everything is and that makes it so much fun it reminds me of of really well written books where the author will it seems almost nonchalantly mention a detail and then later on you find out it's actually really important the episodes are like that and like every little thing is important it all means something
0: they weave that story well and they can do that because you can remember what's happened because you haven't been watching it for twenty-two hours in one season. Right. So the callbacks are easier for yeah. you. I, I would agree that um, Netflix over, has brought a lot of good weeks. things. So much stuff to watch right now. But yeah,
1: well, have you guys watched? Have you guys watched um, Marvelous Miss Maisel?
0: No, but my sister oh my has told me a yeah. hundred times to watch that. You she, have got I've,
1: to watch it if you want yeah, some to watch snappy, it. excellent comedy. Oh my goodness, it yeah. is so good. So good.
0: There's so much good female-led stuff now that we just have been mm-hmm. deprived of because I think, speaking of the networks that I blame for everything and the guys that have been running, you know, Hollywood and entertainment for long yeah. time, like, nope, no one watched that. They won't like that. But now it's like yes, there's no just way. so many places to get your stuff made and they give you more freedom. So yeah well, that was Amazon, right?
1: Yeah, Amazon. Mm-hmm.
0: So you got to give credit to Amazon, yeah. Netflix, and it's just like, yeah, do it. Okay, whatever. And I'm like, that, that has really opened the gates for the kind of stuff I like because yes. – The last network television show that I watched before The Office in 2004 was like Murphy Brown with my parents (laughs) in like 92 when I was like 10 years old. (laughs) Seriously, so it's like I don't – network TV is not for me. Yeah.
1: You know, and it's like so – We hardly watch anything on there either.
0: Well, they've had to up their game because of this. They've had to be – it's like anything else. They've had to be competitive. So like The Good Place – Comes on NBC. That's a good television show. And of course, I watch Parks and Rec and Dirty uh, oh, Rock. Parks but... and
1: Rec. That's probably my all time favorite show.
0: Yeah, let me ask you about this, though, just quickly. Uh-huh. I really love that show. I love to rewatch it. Um, do they bully Jerry though? When you go back and watch it, does it, am I getting too sensitive at my older age? Because it's like, you know, as
1: like as a teacher, I, yeah. I really look at that a little bit differently. Now they are so mean to him, but you yeah. can't help it. It's so funny. Like it's just, it's terrible. They're so
3: mean.
0: I know they try to be redemptive by him literally being married to maybe the most beautiful woman on yes, earth and yes. uh other things that he's just yeah. great. on there. But I if wish they would have been just a little more redemptive yeah, uh, about it because it's just it gets to a point where it's like, I don't know. I don't want to <laughs> do this. Just,
1: you're just being mean now. It's like, yeah. not nice.
0: <laughs> Ryan, did you did you think of that too? I mean I just <laughs> wonder that it, it almost ruins it for me now, although like Minda said, it's up there with all my with my all time favorites aside from that.
2: No, I felt like uh, the redemptive the, – it was the whole, like, they've made fun of this guy for years, and then in the last couple seasons you meet his family, and you're like, you know, he's happy. He doesn't care. So yeah. I that kind of uh, made it okay for me. It, it's and- still – yeah, I, I feel you, though.
1: Yeah. Well, and I liked in the last episode, he lived to be like 100 and he was yeah. the mayor like 10 times over. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like they kind of.
0: I yeah. felt like they felt like they had to. Yeah. Like, well, we're, they're well, they going to watch this 50 years from now they and just, they're going to cut this out. because <laughs> Terrible to Jerry, Gary, Larry. Larry. It's terrible. Terry. <laughs> so I, I think Stranger Things is kind of best discussed in superlatives. I mean, just by the nature of what it is. What was your favorite new thing about season 3 of Stranger Things? Menda, what what did you enjoy most that they introduced?
1: Um, oh, okay, the mall, just in general. Absolutely. Like and and then mm-hmm. of course the um Scoops Ahoy. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Loved Scoops Ahoy. And then right after Stranger Things came out, Jacob and I went to Chicago and and our the place that we were staying across the street was a Baskin Robbins, and we and we shot, saw they're selling those scoops ahoy ships, you know, with the with the yeah. ice cream cone sails in it, and Perfect. I you know we just died, and I think I think that was probably one of my you know, I and you know they're in the sailor outfits through the entire. Season the whole time. Yes, the whole thing. Is He's so dressed good. like the marshmallow from
0: Ghostbusters <laughs> yes. the whole time, and I love Steve. Everyone loves Steve. And oh, It's absolutely Steve. perfect.
1: Yeah, I I liked that, and then just kind of the mall in general. You know yeah. what what it was like when malls first came came out. You know, it was such a big deal, and everybody was there all the time. And yeah, that was I loved that.
0: They nailed that in the the little details of it, and what would be uh, the stores that would be in the mall, and the reaction to the mall because. Our experience, or uh, if you're the age of the kids now, you're 13, a mall is a dinosaur, right? So malls, mm-hmm. uh, in in the traditional sense of, like, Starcourt Mall, uh, that's an actual mall that I thought, well, they just built that mall. But it's on location in, I believe, Alpharetta, Georgia. Of course, mm-hmm. they filmed most of um, Stranger Things in, in Georgia, I think, for tax breaks. And, mm-hmm. and it gives it a great visual look and is a beautiful area and all. but. Uh, They did that on location in a suburban mall. And uh, it just kind of looks the part perfectly. We all remember all that. And I think the interesting irony is uh, that was the new thing. And, of course, indoor malls are out now. Yeah. But uh, I loved the mall as a character. Uh, I love it as just pure nostalgia from the mid-1980s. My favorite uh, character uh, is, is not a person either. It's the Russians being... The bad guys. I mean, I was born in Classic. 1980. Yes. It's like Red Dawn, and I remember, yes. I remember being 10 years old. and being like, well, you know, being at someone's house and being like, "What is that?" They're like, "Oh, it's a storm shelter they built in 1963," and it's like, "What?" And it's like, but we still were kind of in the shadow. We grew up in the in the shadow of kind of the the whole Red Scare and the and the Cold War thing. But uh, that, if you're 13 years old, you'd be like, "Well, I bet they don't have an appreciation for you." You know, anybody older than us thought. Well, we might we might get blown up. We might have to go live in our storm shelter for a while. And and the idea of you can't do an '80s nostalgia series without Russians being bad guys. And I think I uh, think it was the perfect timing for it. I uh, loved it, Rylan, uh, What was your favorite thing uh, new uh, uh, about this season?
2: I really like the shout out to the Terminator uh, with the <laughs> Russian bad guy with the with the jacket and the motorcycle. Yeah. yeah. Like, Russian accent was just close enough to an Austrian accent that he sounded like Arnold Schwarzenegger. But more than that, my number one thing was the scientist, the Russian scientist, wanted a oh. Slurpee. <laughs> the whole. Alexi. Yes. Yeah. Alexi. Yeah. Yeah. Smirnoff. Or, uh, <laughs> Smirnoff, yeah. Oh, man. He and baby, so
0: uh, I'm, I'm going to give a. Uh, not to interrupt. I'm going to give you space. I want you to uh, pick that back up, Ryan. But I'm going to give a spoiler alert thing at the front of this so feel free to y'all say whatever you want about it but uh alexi kind of an underratedly i don't know if they expected him to have such a big reaction they might not have killed him off but more than one person has told me they loved alexi and they were really sad to see him go
1: i was upset that he that he ended up dying yeah i was was really sad
3: oh
0: alexi I he, The slurpee thing, the fair—he didn't get to have
2: a corn dog. <laughs> That's a shame.
0: Let the man have his corn
2: dog. Oh man! Yeah, he turned out to be great. And I, I, when he got shot, there was like a few minutes where you're like, "Oh, he's gonna pull through this," and, he, and then they come back, and he's just,
0: yeah, he's gone. It's sad. The yeah. whole Russian angle is perfect because a lot of stuff can be going on, and Hopper is, you know, getting shot at and shooting at people. And if it were the American government, like, and the you know, first two seasons, and that would make news, that would be an issue, right? But everything's under wraps, it's Russia, on our territory, underneath the ground. So it kind of serves the story in so many different ways so well.
2: Yeah, and it it opens it up, I think, to um, speculation of of what 80s trope they're going to do next year, because now it's like a thing. Yeah.
1: we we have to research 1986, right? Is that the yeah. Answer? Yeah, See Absolutely. what's, what's going to be in it.
0: <laughs> like what I like is the thinking about like, well, when they go to the movies what movie are they going to see or yeah.
1: Oh, back to the know, future. Or, that, like, that was awesome. so that. great.
0: Or yeah, or like what they were so What, what are they going to dress up for Halloween <laughs> <were so> as <laughs> and this <laughs> different stuff. I yeah. love the detail of that oh, so, so much quick, yes. and it makes uh, it so exciting to see what they're going to do next. Not even plot, but just kind of the secondary stuff like What's Dustin's shirt going to say and, and yes. all this stuff? But uh, By the way, Ron, did you try to, to register for that camp he went to? I figured you would, camp you would bet nowhere. that out and see. Yeah, got I thought you were going to. It's like a science camp outdoors. sounds weird. awesome. Rylan's going to actually found this <laughs> camp. He's going to like create this camp for They've real. got to bring his girlfriend back to you.
2: That oh,
1: yes.
0: Was amazing.
1: Oh. Oh, I think I take it back. I think that might have been my favorite thing. <laughs> never-ending story.
2: That's the art.
0: best scene. Oh my goodness, never-ending yeah. story.
1: And then I love it because the you know the monsters chasing them in the car <laughs> and
0: everybody's perfect. like
1: looking at each other like what the heck is this?
0: <laughs> so, Mina, do you think they have a list? It's like, well, clearly we have to talk about. It. At some point in the series. I kind of think that they do. They have to. Because they look at, like, here's what happened in 85. Here's what we want to do. Yeah. And then they just reel the survey in that. But then it's like, they have to have a big chart of, I am not doing... The series without us at some point doing I think that's a how, Never Ending Story montage, right? I think
1: that's how the whole show started, is they were just sitting around going, what were our favorite things when we were kids? Oh, well, you know, Never Ending Story and Dungeons and Dragons oh, and man. riding our bikes through yeah. the neighborhood and talking on walkie-talkies, you know, I, and they were like, let's make a show. <laughs>
2: All right. I just, I just Googled 1986 movies, and you guys, what do we next, got? they've got so much good content for next year. Aliens, Ooh. Top Gun.
0: I think Alien has an argument. I don't know that it is. is the chief influence it's, of the series. That's true. If there's yep. one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they do so many homages to yep. that. Yeah,
2: that's true. But they've got Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That, Stephen King books, whatever. Fast Times
0: at Ridgemont High, and Spielberg movies oh, in Spielberg the 80s Spielberg would be my movies, yes. four probably. Every
2: time I meet someone who hasn't watched Stranger Things, and there are a few people out there, not many, I just say this is – what would happen if Stephen King had written The Goonies? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, that's, that's good. Well said. The Goonies <laughs> is a big one too. Oh yes, yeah. The Goonies. It's like oh, and then Sean Astin in season two. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. I've got
0: a question for y'all about that too. Y'all, let me forget the hypotheticals of they have they have low keyed so many important like 80s like Carrie Hughes uh, as the mayor.
3: Yes. Uh, uh, Paul
0: Reiser, obviously, yes. he's in Diner. I mean, it's like yeah. they nail it. I mean. Why not a writer and herself, but the guys, the folks that are kind of, you know, just recurring from season to season. And you can list so many of them. My favorite hypothetical is this, just thinking about that. Like, if you could pick the season four guest that has a recurring role and it's someone from the 1980s lore, like all the people we mentioned, you got to pick who it was and generally what they do, who would it be? So mine, for instance, like. My favorite character um, in any movie in the 1980s is The Karate Kid. Is Ralph Macchio, right? Oh yeah. So Raph Macchio is like a character actor now, and um, he's in the uh, David Simon The Deuce, and he's like a Brooklyn cop in the 70s. And I would love to see Ralph Macchio like do some role where he like re- replaces um, Hopper. As the chief of police, but he's really kind of been sent by maybe the FBI to just kind of look around things and just some kind of weird thing like that. But I want to see Raph Macchio in Stranger Things, for instance. Do you you guys have that person that kind of stands out to y'all that you would just ideally love to see?
2: For me, we talked about aliens and Sigourney Weaver has played like the uh, bad laboratory kind of evil person before. I would like to see her as like a good guy in Stranger Things next season like one of the uh, protagonists in season 4. I that think would, that be I think Sigourney would be great. So weaver good.
0: would because they they have relied and obviously been so inspired by Alien. I would I think that would be the perfect the much just having her there. Yeah.
1: How about Molly Ringwald?
0: Oh yeah, and she doesn't <laughs> do much of anything anymore. Yeah. That would be perfect. I mean, yeah.
1: how great would that be? you know and maybe she maybe she could be she'd have to be somebody's mom
0: yeah i was thinking yeah. she could be you know, um, yeah
1: yeah with it with a teenage daughter with lots of issues
0: <laughs> of course yeah <laughs> basically i want them to just be like hey um it's 16 candles but you're Harry Dean Stanton. <laughs> okay do it go go <laughs> yeah oh man that would be perfect oh,
2: oh yeah, man. and you know what if if David Bowie was still alive. I
0: would love. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That would be It nice. would automatically be the weirdest and best part of Stranger Absolutely. Things. Absolutely. Like, wow, remember that 5 minutes that David Bowie was <laughs> yeah. in Stranger Things? Yeah, I wish. I wish uh, he's incredible.
2: Minda. Yes. Max's brother. His name is Decray Montgomery. Is he like Zac Efron's little brother or something? Yes!
1: That's what I keep saying. <laughs> <That's what> I- <laughs> keep thinking. Every time I look at him, I'm just going, he looks just like Zac Efron. Totally. What is the deal with that? Yes, I thought that too. He does. Okay,
2: I'm not the only yeah.
1: one. No, you are not. But,
2: yeah. Has anybody heard of, is it going to be released in the summer or winter? or um, Well, I
0: would think they do July 4th. I think that was perfect.
1: Oh, that was so great.
0: And I want to ask you about that. Uh, there's a phenomenon where, but I don't know how seriously people were taking it, where it really kind of stole July 4th. Like, and they're Canadian, so maybe the Duffer brothers have this. (laughs) This is ruin our holiday. Because I'll tell you one thing I have gone to the Hot Chicken Festival. Rylan, you've joined me there before almost every year for a long time. I did not leave my zip code, (laughs) not even close. I watched all eight of these. I woke up, started watching them, grabbed lunch, and I I didn't go to the Hot Chicken Festival. I didn't see any fireworks. (laughs) I had to get it, Amanda, I had to watch it ASAP. I couldn't send anyone else knowing what happened before I did. I had to watch it. Yeah. If
1: if we hadn't been at um, Jacob's family's house and they were throwing a huge Fourth of July party for all the rich people in Chattanooga, we would have been watching this the whole time.
0: (laughs) That sounds amazing, but man, I still man, not Stranger Things. One thing I really love about how they move the show along is, if something seems to work, they don't hang on to things. And they go with the flow almost. Obviously like, I think even fan reaction uh, is a big thing. Or maybe they, they like it, and I'll give you an example, and they, they know that before millions of people give positive feedback, that it's going to work. But like, in season one, Steve, you know, Steve would have end up, ended up being Billy right in a more conventional show he's kind of the heel he's the antagonist right mm-hmm. he breaks jonathan's camera and then he would be the guy to go through all that but they basically had to replay steve with like steve on steroids right like yeah. a meaner bigger tougher steve because it sort of naturally went from what they say is you know joe the guy who plays him and uh, they just saw something different they saw more things in him so just the arc of him and the kind of maturation of him, you don't see a lot in television shows. And beyond that, uh, the big the big example is he and Dustin's friendship
3: <laughs>
0: and the evolution of that, it worked on screen, obviously. they I think it really started with just that arc where he was supposed to give him a ride and it was yeah. supposed to give Steve a reason to see Jonathan and Nancy, right? And then it evolves into, in season three, Dustin is barely with the gang. Right. Yeah. because what he and Steve do just works. They've got chemistry. So well, really
1: great chemistry. Yeah, they are they're like buddy cops or
3: something.
0: <laughs> As part of the scoop Trip. Yeah, I mean that everyone's trip. gonna yeah. love that. Like, <laughs> I promise you. When I watched that, I was like, I'm clearly throwing a Halloween party just so I can be. And I don't want to be Steve from Scoops Ahoy. I wanted to just be Nathan, like the guy that you didn't see who had the other shift. I want to be myself. But I want the full hat and the whole um, Scoops yes. Ahoy thing. I want. I want to do that. But then I've heard that from so many people that uh, everyone, everyone is going to be gonna Scoops, be- so, and and that's great. But um, man, that is the perfect Halloween costume. And they, like you said, under mm-hmm. are in that, all the whole season. It's just perfect. <laughs> so now that that is an homage to Fast Times at uh, Ridgemont High, where. Uh, we know him as the fast talker from Seinfeld, works at a nautical-themed restaurant, and um, they uh, they call that back, and I just love that that's an homage, and I love that they didn't have him, oh, let's have him work at a seafood, no, 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 let's put him in the mall, and what if he scoops ice cream, and it scoops away, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. so simple and so perfect.
1: And it was a great way to, like, introduce Erica, you know. Right. And... and, and create her character which i loved all the sass it was great
0: oh she was great she was a uh, perfect for it now introducing new characters that are going to have a lot of screen time and are going to be back with us is tricky because it's a big cast already but uh she worked perfectly obviously that's ethan hawk and uma thurman's yes. daughter we all know that yes. now and that itself is is an homage to uh the 1980s uh but uh, she, she did Robin, an awesome job, she went right Robin, in. Robin. Yeah, wrote, that's her name. Yeah. Robin. She made Robin. it made it work. I was, Man, it was I
1: was thinking about um what's his name's little sister?
3: Oh,
0: Erica, yeah. right?
1: Her name was Erica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. She was yeah.
0: awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad she I got more her. screen time.
1: Me this too. Thing. Yeah. Yes.
0: Erica's one of those things where when I first saw it, I was like, I think they've overdone Erica a little bit. But you know what? Uh everyone, it seemed like has his like a big part of the 80s is having a, like a bratty little yes. older sister. Sassy and it seems little. like it was more pronounced in popular culture then. So she serves it well. And she's so funny in the, in the, uh, having to crawl up in the little vent and everything. Uh-huh. And, uh, that serves the story well. And I think they, I think they wanted to have a, I think they're always looking to have a more diverse cast. And, uh, she probably fell in their lap because just the little stuff she says. Um, in the first two seasons, she just antagonizes uh, Lucas so much. Yes. It's like, you know who, because you know they're sitting in a room and thinking, you know who would be the perfect mall rat? Erica. <laughs> <laughs> and it is literally five minutes in the first episode of season three when she calls him a fart face. And I bet they just could not wait for her to, to antagonize him. So, yeah, it's well done for Erica and Robin. The whole scoop troop is, is kind of pitch perfect. Uh, Minda, did you think uh, any character was underserved in the season? Was there somebody you were really excited to see and you thought, ah, oh, I wish I would have, I wish they could have done more. They they do such a good job, I don't want to nitpick. But is there anybody you just sort of w- wished you saw more of?
1: Not really. I, I I mean, that that's another thing that I feel like they do really well, is everybody gets their time on screen, even though right. the cast is huge. I, I, I mean, well, okay, maybe the, well, no, he... I was going to say the reporter guy, but really he had quite a lot of screen time too. Well, um, one other, I know
0: one of them was Jake Busey, but you mean the kind of the main? R- oh, reporter no, no, no. Guy?
1: The crazy one who's friends oh, with Alexi. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh,
2: man. That
1: guy. Um, the I loved guy him. From,
2: uh, from Mystery Men.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I loved him in season two, and I was you know excited that he was back in season three but really he 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 did get lots of screen time so i i can't think of anything off the top of my head that i felt like they didn't get enough i guess You you know i will say though in this season it wasn't necessarily one person that didn't get enough screen time but the whole like group together
0: that's a good point the the romantic relationships and dustin's inclination to spend time with steve does sort of segregate the group and i think beyond the nostalgia the heart of season one is their unified friendship and love for each other uh, they find solace in each other they like dungeons and dragons they they are they have each other's back because they're different from where else and they're kind of ascending out from that so they're yeah that that's something that you sort of miss uh, in season three i felt Right. I felt Lucas was a, a little underserved. And see, for the same thing uh, that you just said about it, his screen time is mainly in relation to playoff and to serve the story of his relationship and the advice that he gives Mike. And, you know, he was an emotional crux of season one because uh, he didn't believe that L wasn't something that, that was going to come back and hurt them or he didn't trust her. And uh, yeah. I just felt like uh, the, the, the young man who plays Lucas is just absolutely terrific. I love seeing him. You know that that, but that's 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 nitpicking because they, like you said, there's so many uh, so many folks that they have to serve. They don't do 22 episodes and bore us to death with that. So a pretty tough game to get everybody in, and they they more or less do a, a great job of that. Although I miss seeing Mike's dad asleep on the recliner. That was like this recurring thing. Like season one, he talks to him. Season two, was like he was only asleep on the ground. And it's like, well, where's Mike's uh, and Nancy's dad? But that's it. Uh, Rowland, do you he feel was, like anybody was underserved yeah he was underserved.
2: He, I, I love that yeah. character because he has some of the great lines in the earlier seasons where he's just totally oblivious of everything. And uh, I think the best line he had in this one was like, "Why are we going on this Ferris wheel?" <laughs> like, he doesn't want to go on the Ferris wheel for no reason. <laughs>
0: he's like the ultimate old dad. He's <laughs> yeah. just like this. Commotion. He's like what? He
2: is. My one of my favorite scenes from season one, maybe my favorite scene, was when Steve turns from a complete jerk into like the one of the main protagonists when uh, the monster's attacking him and he takes the baseball bat just beats the crap out of it and he's like bad like he's he's really cool and that was i was like oh he's you know i was all excited because um it's always good to see a redeemed character that that um has been a jerk and then turns into a good guy kind of like uh this season with billy You know, at the
0: end, -hmm. right? Well, Billy's is more redemptive at the end. Right. Steve, uh, they constantly come back to the fact that Steve has character. Yeah. And uh, he, every season, takes a beating. They don't, that's not a coincidence. Like, they want to say, Steve is courageous, he defends these kids. And he is gonna have a really bad black eye for it every season. I, I think they're gonna do five seasons, it seems like he's gonna take a butt kicking every season. They're just gonna make a point <laughs> of that, I, kind of I think, missed, at this point.
2: I kinda of miss him dishing it out. He took it a lot this season. He didn't dish it out. Yeah, but much. even in season one he does a butt yeah, he's brave.
0: That's what they're saying. Yeah. And um, I I, that's what I like that about him. He that always character. does that. That, That's probably one of yeah, I do too. my
2: it's one of the more complex characters. I think he does a great job playing it and I, I enjoy yeah. watching that character.
0: I don't know when they started writing that that they had that in mind for him, and I think that guy just sort of it sprang to life. And he it, he's one of the unique characters yeah. in television history for that reason. Because of his evolution and his arc, I think it's absolutely great. That's why people can't get enough of it, and they have to find things for him to do. And it's just it's really good. I feel like they're setting Steve up for something. Like you said, you don't always see him get beat up. There are... Characters that sort of are at a low point in Season 3. I think they're already setting that up for a crescendo because on its onset, they're, it's like, well, we're not going to leave them here, right? Steve went from being the coolest guy in school to working at uh, Scoops Ahoy. So uh, I'm interested to see where he sort of ascends uh, because he is the hopper of that generation and the fact that um, he's not perfect, but when it comes down to it, He's an absolute hero, right? And I think it's interesting that kids in television and film a lot are kind of depicted of they might have good ideas, but they can't execute. Have you ever noticed that every little plan that they have, whether it's digging through the tunnel and um, going down the tunnel in season two or all the ideas that they have, they all work. And I think there's this subtext of the competence of smart children and the idea that if you spend all your time doing – analytical fantasy games and doing your homework, that you're you're going to be a pretty competent person mm-hmm. uh, even at age 13. Have y'all noticed that theme through it, that they really don't mess a lot of stuff up, the kids? That's
2: totally an 80s yeah, trope, right?
0: No, but that trope is like, oh, and then somebody does something goofy, but then it all kind of works itself out in the end. Mm-hmm. It's not like, hey, what if we did the whoosie? What's he in the whoosie? What's he? Let's do it! Uh, and, the, and the parents are like, what? And then it's like, Oh, it worked. And they nailed it. They don't they don't survive by luck or somebody coming to save them. They liken the idea when it comes down and their plan get the monster in the mall. Pretty uh, pretty well executed and you could say that about the crux of every plan they have at the end of each season to really save everybody's life, right?
2: That kind of television really influenced me as a kid watching movies like Karate Kid and Goonies where, where people get you know there are a group of kids that are getting bullied and picked on and they turn around and save everyone in the town or take out the bully or or whatever it is that that happened I remember just kind of idolizing not necessarily the characters or the people but just that kind of idea story arc and wanting that to be the story arc uh, of my life you know as a, as a young kid I was like that's what kids are supposed to do
0: and it's it's a thing to Dungeons and Dragons that's what they have to do that to work their way through it mentally and they, there's no coincidence they basically do the same thing in each of these three seasons so to keep each other alive.
2: But they have, to borrow a term that Justin would use, a deus ex machina, right? Um In right. L. She can come in right. whenever they're in but trouble. But she's also a kid. And just rip stuff apart. But here's the interesting
0: thing. She's also a kid, though.
2: Yeah, I, yeah but here's the interesting so thing. So that's the thing. What are they going to do next
0: season? She'll get them back. I mean, the arc will be... Anybody else I remember like what I was going to ask you guys.
2: Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, yeah I, I, agree. I agree with that. Like, yeah. Watching 80s, growing up in the 80s, I wonder what kids that grow up watching TV now are, kind of feel like, because I don't think they get the same thing. Uh, I don't know. Television.
0: I wonder about that, because we it's do. less of a shared experience, but here we are all watching Stranger Things. I wonder. I'm, That's a good question. I don't
1: know. It does seem that kids' shows are an awful lot about kids getting the better of
0: adults right Right. that's always so annoying, been big it's yeah. where you know kids really are empowered and that that's what they want to watch is yeah. um, they don't need I mean think of Home Alone it's the ultimate yes. sadist you go. Home Alone. Uh, one little boy for 45 minutes just absolutely beating the heck out of two grown men <laughs> and when you, when you reduce a lot of stuff to that I think there's a bit of Stranger Things is that like ultimately when it comes down to it hopper physically uh, does what he needs to do right but ultimately the strategy she has to rely on herself not her powers and then she'll get them back and she'll be even more powerful will be my guess minda is it's the idea if she has to come to terms they have to come to terms is like um and she has to look within and then 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 she'll they'll come back when when she needs them
1: yeah
0: perfect well, yeah and i think it's a good setup
1: it's you say that, but then if we think back to season two, you know, the episode that everyone hated was the one where she went off on her little discovery journey, you know? And that, and so it makes me wonder if they're going to be a little more cautious in that kind of thing, because that episode did not go over well. I mean, I, when I, when we were watching it through again, this summer, it was kind of like, it, it was the only time in Stranger Things I've ever thought, why are, what, why are we, you know, like it was one of those yeah. fluff episodes.
0: It was a throwaway that you usually have when you have 22 episodes or whatever. Yeah. I liked it, but people didn't like it because they want to see all the kids at once. Yeah. Like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. And uh, it was a risky thing for them to do uh, based on them only having eight episodes. Well, but I, they think, were just trying I think to... the
1: most frustrating thing about that episode is I was interested at first. I was like, okay, where's this going to go? But the issue was it never connected back to the main story. And so it just felt like this awkward little growth on a really nice story that just kind of didn't seem like it went with it. If they had somehow connected it, like if her sister had come back with her and helped her or – you know it just it, it just felt like it didn't go anywhere and so i was just left going well why did you even show us that
0: it was purely context mm-hmm. for her to understand her powers and the ability to kind of um harness her power that yeah. that's it so that does make it kind of tough yeah because we watched that for 50 minutes and we want to see what dustin's right yeah uh, to- totally with you on that right Yes.
1: yes yeah.
0: So, uh, let's talk about Hopper. I mean, that's the big discussion now because of the last thing we see. I don't think that he's dead. I never thought he was dead because they said the American. Right. Now, he may not be the American, but regardless, uh, he may not be the American in that Russian prison. I think that he is. Yeah. But regardless, uh, can we all agree that I, Hopper couldn't be dead? No, right? I don't.
2: No, I, I think if I, – I think the American – could be someone else just because it's a great red herring to throw out there to be like, oh, yeah. obviously that's Hopper. And then you find out at the beginning of next season it's not. But then you find out an episode or two later that he's in the Upside Down or something. Yeah. You he, he could I be. Mean, could he, be you didn't could see him possible. die. He had an off-screen death, in air quotes. And so he's not dead. Right.
0: Right. I think when he jumped off screen, he found some way to save himself Where uh, the Russians grabbed him. And uh, yeah. and um, I think they're going to take season four on the road a bit. I think we'll end up in Hawkins' Uh, ultimately, but I I think uh, they're going to risk becoming a little redundant if we have another Hawkins adventure. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to come back to that, but I could see them sort of, you know, because that's going to start in Russia and he's going to be there. As low as they made him, they made him, uh, you know, flubby and chubby yeah. and irritable and they drank too much and socially he was just at a low point. They're doing that for redemptive purposes. He's going to, I think, spend the next year in this Russian prison and come out all tough and hard and. He, they're The Russians, uh, they've made the Russians pretty much bumbling kind of idiots. Uh, they're always messing up stuff, and uh, they're going to do something and release that monster and some other stuff that uh, they should have destroyed. And uh, it's going to take a little bit more of a national or kind of an international uh, turn, I would think, and then head back to Hawkins for Season 5, I would guess, or at the end of Season 5. But it's going to be interesting, and they've left themselves a lot of things to work with. But I think it's all building from – not at a great point. You know, uh, Hopper has always kind of had his demons and his shortcomings, but, uh, he was, uh, I think they even bordered kind of a, you know, I get the point, you know, Hopper is not at his best. I did enjoy the Magnum PI stuff where obviously that was popular in 1995. So he's wearing Hawaiian shirts and has that mustache. Now I loved that, but we love Hopper and we know how brave he is. So I want to see him have a, a bit of, uh, you know silver lining in in his own personal life and i think we're going to get there right
2: yeah i I have a question though i want to ask you guys it it really reduces the emotional impact of his death if they're just going to bring him back and it's that way i feel like it's that way with a lot of movies where you have these really emotional like character deaths and then you know like they're coming back in the next season or whatever um I feel like they really played up the emotion of him, like, telling her, you know what, go ahead and do it, I'm going to sacrifice myself. Oh, but he's not dead. Well, it's not a sacrifice, and the emotion that you would feel at the end of that episode is kind of Mm -hmm. negated by that. What do you think?
1: Okay, not to go back to Harry Potter, but I am going to have to refute your claim that, you know, him... Making the sacrifice and then he's not really dead means it doesn't really count as a sacrifice, because, as J k. Rowling writes, it he meant to, and that's what makes it count. He meant to sacrifice himself sure. that, I- that's what saying, he I'm doing.
2: not saying his character is smirched. I'm just saying the emotional impact of the episode uh-huh. is now not what it was when he actually died, yeah, like i like I'm not sad anymore. He's alive. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I as soon as I saw that in credit thing, I was like, "Oh, well, I don't have to be sad <laughs> I don't have to be sad. <laughs> right? I mean, it's one of those things. Like when someone yeah. is dead, it's impactful. Like yeah, it's like yeah, losing someone that you've that you've uh, been become friends with.
0: Right, and I've heard people say, "How could they have, uh, you know, her read that letter and him be alive?" It's like. No, it sets up, the emotion sets up their relationship that goes on. The guy is not dead. They would not let him be yeah. 30 pounds overweight and wearing that Magnum P.I. mustache if that was the end of Hopper. They're just not <laughs> going to do that. He is, in a lot of ways, the crux of, of a lot of what they've done on the show from the beginning. Yeah, that's
1: that's uh, what I think, think too. Of, yeah,
2: yeah, it makes yeah. me think of Thor from the last. Yes, from Endgame. endgame. <laughs> He's
1: just... My kids call him Fat Thor. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep he's fat hopping. yeah he's yep. gonna come and he's fat gonna have his Hopper. moment
0: um it's gonna be great
1: yeah the goofy father stuff was hilarious uh keep the door open three inches, three inches. <laughs> like, three inches. i was just dying yeah i mean it was just i got so tickled watching that it, it was
2: That's yeah. funny. is it uh sad that you identify with the parents now more than
1: Yes! Oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, I was like, Mike
0: is a little bit worrisome. Yes. Yeah, I know that's sad. We're
2: at that age.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so, in in episode one, when Dustin comes back, he's talking about his beautiful girlfriend, Susie. Be honest, as that's going on, are you thinking, were you leaning towards Susie was fake or Susie was real? What What, what did you think, Minda? Did you Did you think she was real? Oh, I
1: thought she was real, yeah. I, I, I mean, not, I, and I don't know it like that... Dustin convinced me so much as I just kind of had a feeling just on on the show in general and based on Dustin's character that he's he's not going to make up a girl. Like, I don't know. I just I had this feeling that, that she was real and we would see her at some point. I just didn't know how she was going to fit into the story.
2: Yeah, I was surprised that it took so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, to meet her, but I, but w- when it happened, I was like, "Oh, that's why." It it's was
1: perfect. perfect. Yeah, it's
2: perfect.
0: Oh man, I just wish I could be in the writers' room early on when they're like, "How? Why is he going to intercept a message?" Oh wait, what if he goes to science camp and what if she's Mormon and so she can't talk to him because of their forbidden relationship, which Dustin, uh, you know, uh, makes analogous to Romeo and yeah. Juliet of course and oh, yeah it's like gosh. just the creativity <laughs> yeah. there to oh, weave so it all good. it's just that's so, who I'm gonna so be great. for
1: Halloween is Susie in her nightgown and pigtails <laughs> <laughs> with yeah, her around. that would be perfect <laughs> with her hand radio yeah.
0: <laughs> that's the thing I think this show's so popular you could you could be an ancillary character and still yes. be like yeah. yeah we just get Jacob to uh, take his teeth out somehow they, and yeah. he can be done yeah That'd be
3: perfect.
0: Oh, man. There you go. So let me ask y'all, we have to talk about this, um, I think, before we go. Um, every season has its monster, right? Its main monster. What What did y'all think about, and this was kind of a risk, and they went a different direction, I liked it. Uh, what did you think about the creepy slime monster that was uh, using rats and then people, and is there a theme And some, uh, obviously, we, we don't have to go far to the metaphor there, stranger things is not big on on metaphors we talk about the the themes and meanings of a lot of stuff but i think most of it's just pure enjoyment and the uh kind of the themes are obvious but uh what did y'all think about the the monster this season
1: so disgusting i like that when the when the rats explode like the first time like i think it's in the first episode um Everybody in the room who was watching it went,
3: oh,
1: <laughs> I mean, it was just, it's it gross. was so gross. And then when you finally see it, like, coming together like that, it made me think of The Thing. Have you seen that?
3: Mm. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, right, yeah. which
1: is one of Jacob's, like, favorite movies, and he's yeah. made me watch it, and it's like, you watch it and you're just like, oh, that's so gross. gross. Like, I mean, yeah. it's so yeah. disgusting. It, it kind of made me think of that
2: yeah when i saw the rats exploding i was like okay that's that's gross but then when i saw the people melt oh that yeah. was what really got me i was like well i, I, I don't want to watch this but i do <laughs> um but to speak to that i i thought i i like the monster and um i think that one of the great things about uh stranger things is, i i agree with you it is like pure entertainment for me but i think one of the cool things about it is there's so many possible metaphors. You may you may not know what they're really going for, but you can draw metaphors all over the place. You know, with the upside down and dualistic nature of the of, of everything. Um, with you know, I, I was reading a website where they were comparing the whole thing to like the MK Ultra LSD experiments. You know, the first two seasons where the government was really a player on the uh, antagonistic kind of side of it, where they were running the experiment. And experimenting on to trying to and, see if they
0: could create a super soldier and yeah, all stuff yeah, there's yeah, conspiracy yeah. theories about that's how we got Charles Manson there's a lot of really weird yeah uh, stuff so about I mean that. you can
2: find yeah. and there's I, I was I've listened to another podcast where a guy has written a book about you know just comparing it's basically a, a Devo book for teens uh, on like stranger things and uh, uh, connections. Uh, not connections it's like metaphors in Stranger Things that deal with like biblical um, topics. I guess I, I don't know. It, that sounds it's awesome. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to be that. Do that? that. <laughs> right. We're doing Stranger yeah. Things right year. away. Stranger Things VBS.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm in. So, um, I'm gonna ride my bike <laughs> yeah. there. Um,
2: so so like you said, I I, I don't know what they have in mind for all these metaphors, but you could talk about this in so many different ways and make parallels to different things in life that it's just it just makes it fun. Um and it makes it deeper. It's it's more than just like a skin deep. Um there's there's a lot to it, but but you know, you can almost go any direction with it. and That makes it fun. It,
0: yeah. As far as the monsters go, I I feel like the monsters going to get creepier and scarier and you you mentioned the thing, and they're always going to tie it into something familiar from the 1980s. But, like you mentioned, Harry Potter, uh, I have always expected that the uh, show is going to get darker and it's going to get more adult themed as they get closer to adulthood, right? Like in Harry Potter. Uh, the books did that, and Harry Potter brilliantly, and the movies followed suit. We're going to see that with this, and we, we've seen it kind of incrementally step up. Um, and so we'll see these monsters get um, scarier and grosser, and the and the whole thing. Um, but based on that and the kids' uh, evolution, and and they obviously are are, are coming along in age. Menda, you work in the school system. Rylan and I don't. Do kids really curse this much?
1: No. Um. I mean, well,
0: the, I don't think they did then. It's like wow. I it's like a lot of cursing. I.
1: I that that that's hard to say. I I think that they do, but you know they're really careful at school because they'll get in trouble for it. So I don't hear it a whole lot, but I hear slips enough to make me think that they do outside of school, just because it comes out real naturally. You know, like oh I say that all the time, and I think especially at the high school level they do maybe more than in middle school. But of course I'm in this teeny tiny community out in the middle of nowhere or everyone knows everyone and half the people are related. So <laughs> it's a really small community. So I don't know if if the less cursing is because of the community or because of middle school or does that make sense? So I'm not sure I can really yeah, answer that question so, <laughs> fairly. I just
0: wonder, and I'm not qualified to answer that because I'm only around adults, but I dated a girl once that had this, had this hilarious thing like we were around kids. She's like, can we just drop this little game we all play where – Adults pretend they don't curse, and children pretend they don't curse around <laughs> each other, and we're all just kind of cursing <laughs> when you guys aren't around. So funny. I kind of feel that way about Stranger Things. Maybe they do, but uh, – and I'm uh, – Brian, you mentioned earlier, it's like I think I'm more – I'm uh, 38, so it's like am I more <laughs> Mike's dad than Mike now? Yeah. I, I guess I like to wear Argyle sweaters. Uh, I don't <laughs> – I sleep on the recliners some, but, um, so maybe it's just like, I'm getting older and it's like, man, I kind of hear it more. It's like, wow, they curse a lot now. Yeah.
2: No, I, I well, just think I, I, in creative in, in stranger things the cursing's more creative than probably the kids in, in Mendez's class.
1: Oh yes. Yeah, that's true. Like, well, it, Emily said a curse word today by accident. <laughs> she came in, she said, um, I accidentally said a bad word. And I was like, okay, what is it? And she goes, No, she didn't say accidentally. She just said, I said a bad word. And I was like, Well, what'd you say? She said, bitchin'. And I went, I was like, What? You said what? Like, where did you even hear that? And she and her friend were playing a rhyming game, and she was trying to rhyme a word with kitchen. And then said, <laughs> and said bitching and her friend was like that's a bad word and she anyways she's all cute and innocent she,
3: it was hilarious
0: maybe maybe this is why i'm not a parent and i shouldn't be because if she said that and i'd be like I'll allow it <laughs> in. for competition.
1: I will allow it. The judges will yeah, allow Yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> it is really hard sometimes when, when she comes and does stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. I couldn't keep a straight face. There's no way that someone that cute saying something that innocent, I don't oh, yeah. think I could it not was, just uh... die of laughter. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else we need to cover that we're going to look back and be like, well, I can't believe we did on talk about I think we covered. One
2: thing, I, I want to go back to the monsters. Thing. Uh, Spees, if you want to know what monster is going to be the monster for next season, you need to start researching Dungeons and Dragons. Because apparently, whatever quest that they're on at the beginning of the season, that's the monster that's going to be in the show that season. Okay. Oh. Demi Gorgon, first season, second season was the Mind Player, this season it was Zombies. Uh, basically, so what is it next? It? I that's what I'm saying. We got to play a bunch of D and D to figure it out.
0: Done. We were talking about D and D before you came on. I know that really hurts oh, your feelings. Man. Did you know they have a D and D Stranger Things game?
2: I can't. I believe it. I didn't know that.
0: That they put out. And I was like, how have you not gotten that like three different times I'm for sure. as gifts yeah. from people?
2: I've got this really awesome Godfather D and D game that friend got me. This it's
0: kind of like in 2000 when like you love D and D, like I love bluegrass music. <laughs> And Bluegrass Music had not really seen the light of day for a while. And then in 2000, Oh Brother of War came back and literally, literally brought back the genre. And I feel like Dungeons & Dragons, I don't know in what state it was in, but uh, it has no problems now. It will be around in perpetuity because of this television show, right?
2: It's much more popular than it was uh, before Stranger Things, Absolutely.
0: All right, guys, I think that's going to wrap us up. Minda, thanks for coming on uh, with us. Come on anytime you think of anything this fun to talk about. We will talk about it anytime. Yeah, Yeah,
2: thanks, Minda. Thank you.